Welcome to HLB Cross-Border Business Talks, HLB's global podcast series on international business topics. Hello everyone, I'm Andrea Mosley. I'm joined today by Mark Robinson from Colliers International and Ralph Mitchison, HLB's global real estate leader, to talk about the latest in global real estate trends. Thank you both for taking the time to talk to us today. So Mark, if I can just start with you and ask you to give us a brief brief background on Colliers International. Yes, Colliers, good good afternoon. Colliers International is is a stock market listed global commercial real estate consultant. We are active in 68 countries, including here Hungary. And I myself are based in the Central and Eastern European region in Prague. And I write write and market research for the Central and Eastern European region. Great, thank you. Um, So I'll start by asking you, um, Mark, basically, in your view, what is the current state of the global real estate market? Well, the first thing to say is that this asset class has really expanded in its scope and extent and size over the last 10 years and has been one of the principal beneficiaries of the very low interest rate environment that we've had since the global financial crisis situation in 2008 to 2009. So in essence, we've become a lot more liquid uh, and become a lot more mainstream amongst the other asset classes, bonds, currencies, equities, uh, compared to where we were in the previous cycle up to 2008 and before that. Um, Low interest rates are generally good for the real estate asset class in terms of providing ample scope for investors to borrow money, to gear up and to to deliver on business plans and and and, in, and investment returns, and it, the, this phenomenon has been quite quite significant over over the past period. The challenge that we have is that if we are in a, a situation where interest rates are falling in the near run, then then we may have a problem with growth, as in rental growth, as as economies grow more slowly over the over the next few years. So the status is 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 generally a, a healthy one, uh, but but at this point there are some risks ahead. Ralph, would you like to add anything? Yes, I think the real estate asset class um, is seen seen as a safe haven for um, for funds around the world. Um, obviously, it's bricks and mortar and can't be moved. So, so in that sense, it, it's a it, it's seen as a safe asset class. Um, I think around the world, I would see some some challenges. Um, currently with changes in, in regimes, tax regimes, um, political regimes, um, Brexit in the UK. So I think there are some, um, some issues that may just be unsettling the market currently. Great. So um, moving on, what impact has the latest trends in the global economy had on the real estate market? And is the industry adapting and embracing these changes? Yes, the, the industry has to, has to uh, adapt to, to the changes that are occurring, um, and in this in this globalised world, we do see these changes happening very fast. Uh, it's very noticeable that techno- technology uh, is is changing the real estate sector to a significant extent, and and this is manifest, especially in some of the key sectors in real estate at this point. Uh, we have technology affecting the demand for offices, so the ability for people to be working on their mobile phones, on laptops. Um, essentially means that they are able to work in other places apart from an office. And that, at the the bottom line, 
is uh, the bottom line of that is is that it affects the demand for office space uh, that companies or, or even even individuals don't need to work in an office all the time or maybe at all and therefore that affects uh, the summing all of that up affects office demand over time so this this means that flexible work space becomes more uh, prevalent as it is in many geographies and we are having to shift towards mixed use away from pure office space in some places to react to this. The other sector where we're seeing a huge impact of technology at this point is the retail sector. And it's well documented in America, in the United States, and also in, in the UK and, uh, and other elsewhere in Europe that the rise of e-retail, of online retailing and online services is meaning a, a, a reduction in the usage of shopping centres and therefore the owners of those shopping centres are facing significant problems. So they are having to think, uh, think on their feet, they're having to, to work out what to do with the, their assets uh, and so there's all sorts of solutions which are coming up. Uh, we have what's called omni-channel retailing which is a mixture of of e-retail and and uh, traditional retail um, and showrooming, which is which is e uh, the the phenomenon of uh, online companies having showrooms in shopping centres. We have pop-ups happening, so it's temporary temporary retail. We have mixed use uh, starting to be considered for shopping centres. Uh, the problem that the shopping centre owners face is the level of rent that they can achieve uh, with different uses. Compared to compared to traditional retail is 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 the big issue, and they have to try and address this. Uh, so we, as I said, we may have mixed use uh, happening. We may have uh, perhaps work, uh, flexible work workspace conversion into hotels. Whatever it is that we can do, um, conversion to co living even uh, to try to to try to address to try to address the, the, the drop away of demand for traditional retail. So it's quite a significant situation at the moment um, on, uh, in terms of the technology effect. Um, in terms of other, other, other factors, uh, right now we may be going into a global downturn. Um, global trade numbers are very weak at the moment, um, and that could suppress rental growth over the next two, three years across the board. Uh, and that has all, all sorts of, uh, all sorts of uh, consequences, but also it means that real estate players should diversify. They should think about counter-cyclical investing. They should think about, about which sectors are stronger when a, re a recession phase comes. Um, we also have uh, the, the other ph phenomenon in the world economy as a consequence of perhaps a slowdown happening is the suppression of bond yields and, and the push... Um, uh, the, the, the push towards zero interest rates is, is a longer-term positive, as I, as I mentioned before, but it, it's, it, means that, it means that the sector does have a cushion, uh, it does have a cushion effect, um, but we may be seeing riskier developments happen, so new developments of real estate happening to address what we still have in the, in the, in the real estate market, which is a supply-demand imbalance. We still have a lot of money trying to enter the sector relative to the supply of assets. So the sector is quite well-positioned, but it has these, has these challenges ahead of it at this point. Ralph, what would you, your, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think, I think what's fascinating in the, in the real estate market at the moment is disruption. So I think we normally associate disruption with uh, the introduction of technology, um, uh, it, 
perhaps the development of a new iPhone uh, and those sorts of things. So that, that changes the market um, in consumer products and those sort of related things. But, but today, actually, the, the property market, the real estate market, is affected by disruption. So actually, the, the change in people's uh, habits, so, so um, people wanting to work more from home, technology allowing that, means that um, companies, when they're signing up leases, um, need to think how many staff will be working in their premises going forward. So the market has adapted to that already. So we work, the WeWork phenomenon um, has created a flexible um, working environment which, um, which people are demanding, um, and it has lots of facilities and it's a more attractive place to work. Um, but also you have people enter into shorter leases so they can contract their business, expand their business, but not be as committed um, to being there because they may find their business um, doesn't need to work from a certain location, needs to expand globally. So, so I think the market is adapting. Um, I think the retail challenge is, is a big one going forward because online buying is changing the marketplace, the retail marketplace significantly. So um, I think that's a, for me that's a watch this space going forward because the market will have to adapt going forward um, to, to how that retail space will be used. So where do you think has been the biggest growth in cross-border activity? In terms of the figures that we've been tracking, the biggest growth in cross-border activity globally over the last few years has been in the Asia-Pacific region, um, specifically Seoul, Shanghai, Singapore, Sydney, so the four S's out in Asia-Pacific, and also in Hong Kong. So the, the, the Asia-Pacific asset class has become very, very liquid compared to where it was 10 years ago. And this is a reflection to a certain extent of the population size of these these countries and the size of the economies as GDP growth has been more, much higher than it has been in the G10 countries. And so the, the, these Asian markets have grown quite substantially. Uh, and cross, within that, cross-border activity has been very, very strong. Elsewhere, the strongest activity cross-border is in Europe. And of the major cities, it's London uh, and Berlin in Germany. Uh, those, those cities have seen the biggest cross-border activity uh, the geography of origin is is actually pretty split uh, there. It's it's from EMEA itself, from within Europe. Uh, it's from North America, and it's from the Asia-Pacific region now also. So wide, wide sort of scope and, and base of, of activity happening in, in major European cities as well. Um, from my, my perspective, obviously I'm based in London, uh, and uh, it was interesting. I was talking to the head of planning for the City of London Corporation recently, uh, and his view was that despite Brexit in, in, in London, in the UK, um, he, his diary didn't have enough time in it to meet the, um, the foreign investors that wanted to actually invest in the City of London. So he actually saw um, what... Uh, the city, rather than being a mass exodus out of the south of England and London, that actually there would be quite the opposite. There would be inward investment with new fintech businesses and other businesses taking over the more traditional um, sort of banking centre uh, activities. Great. Um, so what would you say then are the opportunities for investors in today's real estate market? Well, the opportunities are in new sectors. Um, certainly we look at the phenomenon of beds, we, we're talking here about residential real estate, groups of apart, uh, flats, apartment buildings and so on. We're talking about student housing. We're talking about senior housing for retirees. We're talking about hotels. So this is what we call beds. If we look at beds, 
We're talking about 25% of all volume in Europe last year in commercial real estate went into beds in terms of those sectors. So it's quite significant size. And year-to-date, the, the, the latest data that we have uh, for, for April, up to April and May, is, is that that percentage is even higher, so about 30% in, in 2019. So this bed phenomenon is, is quite, a, quite, quite, a, quite a significant one. And some of those sectors, as I've mentioned already, may be counter-cyclical, that uh, student housing, senior housing don't suffer as much in a recession phase or don't suffer at all in a recession phase. So become quite a significant new player in terms of the, in terms of the, in terms of the marketplace. Um, in reaction to the e-retail phenomenon, the logistics sector is also one which has seen a lot of growth over the last two, three years. Uh, it's, in essence, in, as we call in financial markets, a hedge that, that if you are distributing online or you're distributing to retailers, you need logistics. So logistics works either way. It's, a, it's, it's, it's great from that perspective. So logistics is also a sector which is, has been quite, quite, quite uh, in demand over the last few years. And Ralph, you mentioned that the um, following up from Mark said about the student housing, and you've seen quite a big increase in, in that as well. Yeah, yes. I mean, we're, we're currently advising um, a client creating a half billion pound fund for Aberdeen Standard, and actually they see um, student housing has actually been a significant um, uh, growth area across Europe, and it's 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 been it's quite significantly developed in the UK, but actually across Europe the same trend hasn't been there. Um, I suspect investors are probably seeing that as a the beds. The beds market is a market that is less affected by some of the disruption. So whereas an office space, you may not need an office, you still need a bed. Whether that's a student, so people will still learn at universities, and they'll still go on holiday, and they'll still, still visit cities and towns in the world. So I think it's a market which is less affected by some of the disruption. So I can see investors wanting to move towards those types of asset classes to avoid, the, you know, it's a safer haven for in the property market sector. Great. And then lastly, if I could ask you both, what do you expect to see in the next six to 12 months um, and how should real estate businesses prepare? There is some recession risk, I believe, in the next six to 12 months. And the real estate operators have to take that into account. Uh, The recession, if one looks at uh, previous economic cycles, is probably overdue. Uh, we, We generally have a recession in the global economy every seven to eight years and this, what, this particular expansion has gone on for 10 years already. Um, and it does look like some leading indicators are telling us that a recession may occur. So over the next 6 to 12 months, this has to be something which one has to take into account. It means that it means you have to be, as an investor, you have to be quite cautious about your, the, the, the pace of your investment. Um, real estate transactions do take a long time, so it's not something which you just switch on and off. Um, but you do have to think about it and you do have to test, stress test your business models, I think, a lot more vigorously than maybe you were inclined to do before. Um, uh, real estate, however, is a long-term investment as well, that you are committing money, a lot of money, into an immobile asset for a long time. So, uh, so it's, it's quite a significant, it's quite a significant, uh, a, quite a significant, significant uh, commitment over over that long time period so uh, you you 
you take that in, you take take it into account, uh, and but it doesn't it shouldn't dominate your your decision making. I don't think I don't think the coming recession will be deep. I think recession the recession word at the moment is being associated with 2008, and 2008 wasn't a recession; it was a it was a crisis situation. Um, previous recessions were much shallower. Uh, may last longer, but they were shallower. So I think it, if, if it does occur, it may be more like that. So that's what we've got to watch out for. Um, over the longer term, demographics are also an issue, uh, that population change in cities, some cities around the world seeing growth in population in America and in Asia in particular, and also in the, in the UK, uh, in cities. But, but in other countries, we're seeing shrinkage of population. So Japan and Europe... Uh, that's also a factor which is a bit more longer term, but again, thinking from a real estate perspective, you have to think about the long term. So that's really where we think the uh, we think the investors should be thinking as as well, uh, in, uh, aside from those disruptors that we've been talking about. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, a real estate analyst, so so um, so my approach I come up this from a slightly different, more boots-on-the-ground approach, perhaps, uh, and I think I, I particularly act for a large number of, of international architects. And actually, at the moment, their order books are full. Uh, as Mark said, I think, I think with, with, with the, the architectural market, it's actually first into a recession and normally first out of a recession. So actually, at the moment, their order books are full and um, with not only UK-based but international projects. So, so I'm sort of cautiously optimistic um, but that actually the property market will stay reasonably robust, probably um, not, not significant gains um, at the moment, and um, focus will be on the asset classes which are safer to invest, so, so continued development in the areas of the beds market, um, hotels, student accommodation, and those areas. So, so I'm, I'm feeling cautiously, cautiously optimistic. Um, so, so hopefully uh, the recession doesn't come and, and we keep going. And if I may add one more thing, I think the, there's, there's pent-up demand. That there's a lot of capital sitting out there waiting to enter the commercial real estate asset classes. And if we do have some kind of slowdown or recession phase, that money does smooth out that, that, down, that downdraft that we might have if, if, if the global economy does go that way. Uh, so, so I do think it does feel as if it will be sh more shallow than it is deep, as I mentioned before. That 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 cap that capital sitting there, as we call it, dry powder, is sitting there waiting um, to to enter the asset class. Thanks for listening. For more information about this topic and other cross-border business insights, visit www.hlb.global/insights.